0: This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Hey, Tom. Hey, Cecil. Uh, just listening to you guys rag on
1: uh, nine-inch nails, and you know what? I get it. I do.
0: But I'll tell you what. That song, Heresy, God is dead and no one cares if there's a hell, I'll see you there. That got me through my Jehovah's Witness deconversion.
2: So big props to Trent Reznor for that one.
0: Glory hole.
3: Hello, chaps, humble pie time. I'm the person that said you should have done a Be Reasonable with Johan Hari. And yeah, I take that back because actually you did do a fair interview and you didn't need to do a marsh on him. But I'm actually calling about Dave coach not a coach, Dobmeyer, and his bizarre anal fixation. It looks like what he's done is picked up literally the first Freud book on the shelf and he's gone straight to a page called Masturbatory Sexual Manifestations. I'm just saying that to me, that looks like the equivalent of opening up the dictionary just to see all the naughty words.
2: Anyway, to answer your question, every time a gay masturbates, God kills a kitten. Glory hole, motherfuckers.
3: Hey, Tom and Cecil, this is Brian in San Diego. I just finished listening to show number 408, and I just wanted to thank you because without your show, I don't think I would have learned today that duck coach Dave Dobmeyer is into
4: assgasms. <laughs> Glory hole, you guys' rule. Hey, guys, I think I figured out what
1: the coach was talking about. If you masturbate, masturbate, you're getting pleasure from a man's hand, which makes you gay. But if you poop, you're getting pleasure from a man's anus, which makes you really gay. I think that's where he were going with that. So, boy,
0: Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason.
2: Recording live from Glory Hill Studios in Chicago, this is cognitive dissonance every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way we bring critical thinking skepticism and irreverence to any topic that makes the news makes it big or makes us mad it's skeptical it's political and there is no welcome Matt. this is episode four hundred and nine of cognitive and potentially part of four hundred and ten or eleven who knows? you don't know who it's knows? and I like yeah. the here we go yeah We're doing some work tonight.
3: Later on tonight, we're going to be talking to Karen Garst and Abby Hoffer. Karen just recently put together several essays for her new book, Women V. Religion. And uh, Abby is one of those essayists, so we'll be talking to both of them later on.
2: See, so before we start, I want to to relay a quick story. It's more of an affirmation of our uh, previously uh, noted convictions. Today, I did a little bit of driving. I drove... Uh, from my home in Illinois up to Grand Rapids Michigan and then Grand Rapids back to the studio um and that means that I had to do something that was pretty deeply unfortunate my friend i had to drive through Indiana it was horrible yeah. i just want to say like it still smells like meth yeah. i just in case anyone's fucking wondering there's an actual smell when you cross the border i i ro- it was a beautiful day it was the first beautiful spring yeah. day that we've yeah. had right so yeah. it's been Spring has has yeah. been a total piece of shit. In fact, it hailed and sleeted on me the other day. It was a fucking horror. Pin in that, I want to talk about that after. All Go. right. So it was beautiful today. It was like seventy five and sunny. I'm driving along. I roll down my windows. I'm cruising. No shit. I cross the border. I see crazy Kaplan's. And the fucking st- And you know what it's, I'm talking about? It's gunpowder smoke because Crazy Kaplan's is a fireworks store, <laughs> it, and it is, it is, it is for ten miles when you cross the yeah. border from Illinois to Indiana. Yeah. It's, it's fucking it's like a, it smells like a paper factory. Yeah, it's, it's ten Gary miles or whatever of yeah. of a weird like meth and body odor stench. That's nasty. That that but signals that like, you've crossed the border. Gary. It's scary. Right. It's fireworks and strip clubs. Yeah, and. What the fuck Meth do you houses. think those strip clubs smell like? Oh god. Can you imagine? I can't. If that's what it smells I like can't. outside? I can't. They smell like fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> Put a sparkler in that thing. Uh
3: I so today uh I checked the weather and it said it was uh, 52 or 53 when I left the house this morning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, I'm going to grab my winter coat." So I grabbed my winter coat. And when I left my winter house with the winter coat this morning, I felt like an asshole cuz it's it it was it was warm enough to right. walk without a coat. Yeah. When I left the office later on today, I felt warm because (laughs) it was 45 degrees out. The temperature had dropped. And I figured out what you call this part of spring.
2: Yeah. It's fool's
3: cold. (laughs) 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 Fool's (laughs) cold. It's this weird part of spring where it's either warm in the afternoon or warm in the morning and you feel like an asshole and then you feel
2: smart, but you don't know which order that's going to work. You you can't, you cannot dress for this weather, which is why I just don't even wear pants for like Mm. two and a half months. I haven't meaning to talk to you about that. I should probably wear yeah, pants. Probably, we're getting a lot of letters. I'm getting a lot <laughs> of people in this building.
5: <laughs> in the name of Jesus, we speak that. <laughs>
2: All right. This story is from the Patheos blog. Friendly atheist priest who was arrested twice for child sex crimes says teen boy seduced him. So this is a Michigan priest. Um, Now he's out on bail after sexually assaulting two people. Um, And, and basically he's like, look, the police, this was entrapment. They (laughs) sent this teenage boy out to seduce me with his boyish wiles or, Whatever his fucking excuses, and it's like
3: <laughs> you yeah, have that as an
2: excuse, right? Like, like, you know what? I was really seduced by the crystal meth thing. Me. <laughs> it's illegal, man. I was seduced into killing that person yeah. by the knife that yeah. I found. You know, the, the police officer gave me you? the knife.
3: I don't know. You know, yeah.
2: I was like, it's you know, it's it's like it struck me. That it's it's just like all those. Uh, the, like the, the homophobe priests that are all obviously or, or or pastors or religious figures that are just obviously closeted because their language is just like, well, you don't want to give in to the temptation. Yeah, no, it's like, yeah. ah, it, you know, we're not tempted or no, over here yeah. in like like comfortably heterosexual land, which is where you say you are. Yeah, I'm not tempted. There's no temptation. yeah It's the same thing here. Like there's no 17 year old boy That's, that could possibly yeah. seduce me cuz I don't have sex with 17 year olds. Yeah. That's not a thing where I'm like, "Oh, I would." I've just got like, totally one, would. More yeah. Just yeah. one more bite. Just one more bite. I shouldn't. Oh. <laughs> you better don't cut that pie. Bring know? me a lube. <laughs> I mean a spoon. I mean a 17 year old, but nobody like unless yeah. you're the kind of person who wants to fuck teenagers. Yeah, exactly. You're not the exactly. kind of person that fucks teenagers. One of the one
3: of the sources for this article. I looked up one of the sources and literally all they have is this guy defended himself with this statement. That's the entire article. Is this guy's the the, the lawyer's statement, which is like this is entrapment, and you know this person, the teenager and his family jumped at the opportunity to have you this as a payday. Do you think that they're just like talking their son up to be like, look, all you got to do is be sexually assaulted, and then we're in the money, yeah, right? We're you just got to sacrifice. Look, it's just going to be one or two bad hours, but think about how great it's going to be afterwards. It's like,
2: get the fuck out of here. It's like uh, what's that movie with Demi Moore, like. uh, uh, where it's like, she's going to go sleep with that. Di- like indecent proposal trading places. <laughs> <laughs> GI Jane. <laughs> I don't know what else she's in. I don't, that's, yeah. I, I'm that's it. Like, yeah, I'm, like spent. I'm spent like, no, more like those. Two? All right, I'm not, but it's like it, that, that does it like presumes that the family set up some sort of like, like pederasty indecent proposal with a priest. Like, ah, oh, we'll lure him in. Like what? Well, he has to be the kind of guy who bites on that exactly. lure. He's got to be a right? bad person, <laughs> right? It's like <laughs> it's like a bad person test, and you failed. You, you or, cannot one. I don't know. I don't know which trick you You using. can't catch a polar bear with lettuce, yeah. right? Because they don't eat lettuce. Like so, it's just like the lure has to be appealing Absolutely. to the thing. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my god i love this story so much this comes from the indian express uh they don't deliver by the way it's a bummer uh, you can't the garlic non that, that guy has to throw that paper really
3: far She <laughs> has to have an arm on him you know it's like one of those. They have to stop and do a dance before he throws it. <laughs> a Bollywood dance. Bollywood He's dance. He's got to
2: do like a whole
3: Bollywood. There has to be a Bollywood fight scene and a dance before he
2: winds Is up. Is there and really throws a difference them? between a Bollywood fight scene and a dance? I think so. There's. They kind of, they kind of look the same to me. What's that? What's that song? The, uh... I don't know. It's that Slumdog Millionaire song, right? Is that what no, I was of? thinking that that sped up song. Oh, two knock, To knock. The guy who got <laughs> like, busted for drugs or whatever. <laughs> Trouble for Aru Adar Love, whatever that is. Two Hyderabad residents move SC say uh, winking. SC is like the Supreme Court. Say winking is blasphemy in Islam. Blasphemy. Winking. And they're not kidding. No. Just, just so no. that you guys know, I want to read to you what, what the actual like issue here is. Quote. This is an actual I, I could not believe this. I thought this was like one of those. I like, thought it was a joke, too. Right? I thought it
3: was like, are you kidding? Come on. This is like a fucking like a click hole.
2: Right. But no. Quote The 30 second clip shows a schoolgirl and schoolboy exchanging smiles, eyebrow wiggles, and winks from across the way. Gotta watch out for those eyebrow wiggles. Winking itself mm-hmm. is prohibited in Islam. And in a case where the act of winking is superimposed with a sacred song written in the praise of Prophet Muhammad and his first wife. The same act becomes an act of blasphemy. The fucking it's closing one eye and not the other eye.
3: When I was a kid. Yeah. My, uh, my dad was working with this guy. He looked like Kenny Rogers. I don't okay. Yeah. I you know Kenny yeah, Rogers, knew Kenny but, Rod- but yeah. a fatter Kenny Rogers. That's, and so uh, I remember going over to his house. because My dad used to have beers. With did on you call occasion. him Fatty Rogers? <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> um, so I wound up going over to his house several times. They had a pool. And so my parents used to go over there and we would play in the pool. The kids mm-hmm. would play in the pool and then we'd come out. And uh, all his kids were grown. So he didn't have any, like, buddy to hang out with or whatever. Sure. But so yeah. we, I'd sit at the table with the, the parents, you know, mm-hmm. like, and sit at the yep. table and eat hot dogs or whatever they were eating. Sure. And he had a, twitch he had a thing whereas i eye, one eye closed once in a while it was like a, it's like a like a spasm uh, thing. yeah yeah He'd constantly looking like he was winking at you <laughs> and so this i'd look, be strung up i'd look over at him and I'd be like is he winking at me <laughs> did you at back like, and so like five or six times go by and he keeps doing it and i'm like oh. and so i like i was like <laughs> 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 and he didn't say anything i think he looked away but he constantly was close in one eye <laughs> and I think it was a nervous twitch that person would be like beat
2: up in this oh, are you kidding me
3: you could be able to control it they're just like constantly like arr,
2: arr, arr. <laughs> you know like <laughs> if you can't wink at people like every fucking how is that a blasphemous dust goes in your eye and you're like because uh, 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 he has one eye closed right what if you're a pirate yeah. you're just like oh god damn it <laughs> Son of a what do you guys have one lazy eye? <laughs> <laughs> your culture is, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna say, like, if you write that down yeah. and you mean it, yeah. your yeah. fucking culture Absolutely. is ridiculous. Absolutely. Well, it's
3: it's it's another instance of someone being very afraid of sex, right? Right. To the yeah. point where you're just like, like, and <laughs> let's be real honest. If you're covered in one of those headscarf things, no. That's like the only, and especially if the face is covered, like the only expression is the eye. Yeah. So that would make sense that they would they would ban this because it's the only way that, that, a, female can can, communicate. that a female can communicate. Right. Let's talk yeah. about this in, in the sense that, real. You know, yeah. that it's real and that this is the only way that a female can communicate. It's the only way a female can, you know, do like, I mean, sure, she can talk to you, but, you know, any other body like facial expression is completely lost.
2: Are these like, I mean, honestly, like, are these the original fucking snowflakes? Because that is some fucking sensitive shit. Yeah. Like that is some scared, yeah. shitless, sensitive shit when you're just like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to make everything blasphemous." Yeah. So that so that anything that makes me nervous, I can decide is blasphemy. Not just like have to say out loud. Look, I'm kind of a fucking weird sexual prude and I you know I'm scared of women and the vagina makes me feel yeah. fucking cramped in my pants. Women can't drive right because they'll get pregnant. Instead of like saying that right? <laughs> I mean instead of saying that shit out loud, which is like what it is, right? Like I don't want to relinquish my hold on my social powers and sure. privileges. Yeah, yeah. So like we're not gonna say that. And so instead was, everything's blasphemous. I'm you offended Muhammad and his magic horse or like whatever. Like
3: Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that they're they're turning to you know, it, it makes sense because it's the one thing that you can't argue with. You right? Can't there's there's no because it would no, be blasphemous to argue about no, blasphemy. Nah, uh right. Because you're talking to the guy who supposedly
2: is the one who's interpreting this rule. And like, when you when you get busted for blasphemy, and, and like, in, this is in India, but in Pakistan, we've seen it in other places and in parts of India. Yeah. Like, they drag your ass out into the street and fucking it's, kill you. It's not. It is certainly not
3: taken light it's not a traffic ticket it's man certain, no it's not and and yeah. there's, there's places in that in that part of the world where they beat you there's places in that world part of the world where they've gone off and killed people they machete the fuck yeah. out of some people they fuck some people up
2: yeah well shouldn't our religious ideas stand up even under a scientific approach i mean either a thing is true or it isn't
1: Well, certainly but listen joe
2: There are some things we just have
1: to accept on faith
2: i love this story it's from friendly atheist blog as well Christian host, evangelicals back Trump because his Oval Office is scandal-free. Fox and Friends this morning, um, David Brody and Jenna Crowder, um, and they're part of CBN. Here's what they said: "Quote, it really does come down to grace and the fact that this president continues to, for the most part, keep it clean in office. We're not hearing keep about scandals coming out of the Oval Office. What? We're not." Hearing about, well, I mean,
3: he's not fucking someone on the desk. And I think that's what they're saying, right? They're not saying he didn't fuck somebody in the Oval Office. And so that's okay. Are are they really suggesting that like, if it doesn't happen in that office? Because right now the, the main, the main comments that people have about Stormy Daniels is that, He's a flawed man, and they, nobody's. I don't even think people are really even denying the fact <laughs> that makes me laugh. You know, people right? are people just are like, like, yeah, like, oh, like, yeah, yeah we, we know yeah. what's up. But it's. Right. It, I don't think anybody's. I don't think. I don't think I've. I mean, sure, there's probably some people out there that are like, I don't believe it happened. This is deep state stuff or right, whatever. Yeah, right. Um, but there is a group of people that are, especially the the evangelical Christian right, that is saying, look, it's okay. He's a flawed guy, but that's okay. It's right. okay. He's He stands for good values. Yeah, he did some stuff. And they keep on saying, in the past, and it's not a big deal because he's not doing it now. That's And that's how they're separating it because... They're trying to remain logically consistent. They're saying that what happened with, with Clinton happened in office, and that's the <clears> important thing. But what they're missing when they talk about things like this and when they bring it up to things like this, like this person is clearly on fucking you're, – you're, you're not even in fucking the, the real realm if this is what you think. Right. If you think you know he's keeping it clean in office, this is a guy who calls people's names on Twitter. He calls them names on Twitter, talks about people um, – You know, he's, 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 uh, you, you, all you have to do is hear that pussy
2: comment. You know. I mean, he, he threatens on Twitter. He threatens other nations with with missile strikes on fucking Twitter. Yeah. Like this is a guy who when does when when defending Trump still can't say without the qualifier for the most part. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like the only thing I can think is that you really think it comes down to that physical location of the Oval Office. It must like, be. It's like, because there's plenty of scandals in an Oval Orifice at this yeah, point. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. That's that's a whole thing. Yeah. So it's like, oh, look. All right. It's in the hallway. I <laughs> know I'm talking about. The hallway. Yeah, yeah. And in the bedroom. And in the Lincoln bedroom. That's fucked up. And then, but but I'll tell you what. And Mar-a-Lago's out in the Trump Tower. Okay. Yeah. All those things. But yeah. in the actual Oval Office yeah, this from the hours space. of nine
3: to four. Yeah. yeah. He hasn't fucked anybody on the desk and came yeah. on his fucking calendar. Or that's whatever. it. But what, I, what, I, what you want to say, though, to those people is the most obvious comment, which is it's not about the sex. It's oh, not no, it about the fucking. Like, I don't care. Like, I genuinely don't care. Like, like, yeah, does that make him a hypocrite when he talks about, you know, things like traditional marriage? Yeah, it does. It makes him a giant totally, fucking hypocrite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he talks about how, you know, uh, he he loves the evangelical right, and he's out there, you know, cheating on his wife, supposedly, while she's pregnant with Barron or whatever. Like, that's it's just a horrible, shitty thing to do. Right. Um, But it's not up to me it's not my promise i didn't make it with her it's you know it's up to them it's their relationship it's it's how they handle it it's not my it's not my choice right what matters is is that he's he is dirty he is paying this these off if this is true right if it's if all these things come out to be true if the you know the 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 non-disclosure agreement that they're talking about right. and all the other hush monies that he's paid out at this point they're counting up to 3 right now different hush monies that have been paid out if all that's true then he's dirty. He's dirty in a way that is way worse than just a random sexual affair. He's dirty in a way that he's trying to stop people from talking about something before he while he's in the process of trying to get elected.
2: Well, yeah, and, and I, I also think like it matters that he is um courting the evangelical vote. He's he's accepting that vote, yeah. he's standing in front of these people, he's pretending to be a man that holds these values while at the same time. Living something entirely different, right? Like that matters. That matters a lot, I think. Like there's a there's there's a uh, hypocrisy to that, which it, you know at the very least, people who are on that side of the equation should know about, right? Like because these are these are people who many of them. I'm not talking about the evangelical leaders, right? Those people are assholes, yeah. And I don't actually care about them. But like I'm talking about like the random Joe, Joe evangelical, right? yeah, who's like, yeah, that's my guy. That's my guy. And, you know, is he still your guy if all this information comes out? Well, he doesn't want this information to come out because what he wants to do is trick you into thinking he's someone that he's fucking not. So that you can so he can manipulate you into voting for him based on a false understanding of who he is. That's a problem. Yeah, that's a real fucking problem. We should care about that part. Right. Because like people go out and they vote. Most people vote in good faith. I think most people vote in good faith. I think there's a lot of power brokers that attempt to manipulate people's good faith by trying to control the narrative that's fed to the people who actually show up and punch their fucking ticket.
3: Do you remember when Bush was in office and the comment came up? I don't remember if he said it or if someone in his administration said it, but somebody somebody said that if you're not with us, you're against us. Yeah, that's Bush, yeah. And I remember feeling back then like, that's a stupid fucking thing to say. mm mm-hmm. And I still feel like I stand by it, but this feels very reminiscent of that. It feels like there's a still a very, um, people are still willing to stand by someone and willing to fight against the other person under such false pretenses. Because Bush was, I mean, that that entire war that he was doing was all under false pretenses. It came out that it was all under false pretenses. The Iraq war, yeah. Yeah, 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 all under false pretenses. And... They still stood by him. They still said, you know, like this is something that we should, you know, we should have done, etc., etc. And I feel the same way here. It's just like, they're still standing by this guy and it feels like nothing matters.
2: <clears throat> it feels like none of it matters. You know, you can't be the party that, that stands on a soapbox and talks about, you know, how the, the, the morality of this country is it's, you know, the most important thing that we have Sure, sure. and here's what's right and here's what's wrong and traditional values and you know, gay people are shitty and, you know, all of this, all the rest of it. And that's the big fucking screaming megaphone bullshit that that's being used to mobilize people. And then at the same time, have this guy who doesn't live any portion of that. You can't, you can't be consistent about that. You have to, if we don't call that shit out on the carpet, then, then it is. I mean, and I think you and I both agree, or at least I, I will say like, None of that shit was true anyway, right? Yeah. All of that shit was always a manipulation. We always knew. Right? I mean, it, it seemed but like it was we knew always, it on our side, yeah, right? Yeah. Clearly not everybody knows it because there's yeah. fucking plenty of people that are showing up, punching that fucking ticket sure. and singing that fucking song. Yeah. So like, if you're going to sing a song, make sure you know the fucking words. Well, it's interesting too because
3: I try to think that I'd be logically consistent if this were my guy, right? Because he's not my guy. He's never going to be my guy. I don't think that there's many things I right. will agree with what Trump does. I think that he's... um. I think he's genuinely either a bad or stupid person, one or the other, right? I think there's some real problems with him. Um, but can it be both? Maybe I think it, it could, could be. Both. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I feel like there's, but if if something like this happened, where, and I'm not I'm not talking about the sex. I don't care about right. the sex. Where somebody was actually paying someone money to to silence them, I would hope that I would be appalled by it and say this isn't my guy anymore. Right. Um, I remember when Anthony Weiner tweeted out, you know, pics to a young girl or whatever, an underage girl, et cetera. And like those, I don't know if he tweeted them out or he texted them or whatever, but like he was caught and I was not like, cool, oh man, it's he's a good, he's a real good representative though or whatever. I didn't fucking say that. Right. I was just like, good, go away. Get out. Like, get out. You're garbage. Like you're you're not worthy to be in that position. Go away. Go go die in obscurity. And I hope that, I, I know that he's not, certainly not the president, you know, that sort of thing. And I realized that there was some weight to that yeah, position, right. but I hope I'm logically consistent enough to call this out when this is my guy, you know, I, I didn't, we didn't, we had a pretty scandal free Obama, but like beyond the stormy Daniels thing, there's a whole Russia thing. I know there's, there's, there's I, so many scandals. I read, <clears> I read <throat> off that one list of scandals a couple of weeks ago and it's still growing. The list
2: yeah, of scandals I, is still growing. The idea that anybody could with a straight face say like, well, our guy's in there and like, For the most part, I still can't even say it completely. For the most part, there's no scandals coming out of the Oval Office. We're not hearing about scandals coming out of the office. Bullshit, he's a scandal machine. It's all we hear about.
0: Ready to stick it in the glory hole? Get links to their Facebook, Twitter, and if you still use it, Google Plus account at their website, dissonancepod.com. If you need to be all discreet about it, contact them by email at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a ransom message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Want to hear Cognitive Dissonance commercial free and gain access to exclusive content, including full patron-only shows? Head to patreon.com forward slash dissonance pod and become a patron to support the show on a per episode basis. Love commercials? Not ready to become a patron? Give the guys a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher. Or tell your buddies in the drunk tank about the show. We want to send a big sloppy glory hole to all the patrons and people who rate us. You fucking rock.
2: This story is upsetting. This is from Fox News. Uh, biblical prophecy claims the rapture is coming April 23rd. Oh, jeez. Numerologist says. That's a problem for me. That's the first day of my honeymoon. I have plans. Mm-hmm. You know You're busy. You're not busy. If the fucking pilot gets I hope I have a sinner sinner pilot. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Or if a sinner
3: center, center co-pilot. Somebody in there. Somebody gotta, gotta be able to take the plane.
2: Better not. If they get fucking raptured and my plane goes down. And it's only just you. I'm gonna be. Yeah, right. Yeah, everybody, everybody else gets else raptured. just I'm just, just sitting you. there alone. Like, like, um,
3: like I guess I'm not going. <laughs> I want to go anyway? Stupid place. I'm just looking around like free airplane. <laughs> You're searching on the internet the free Wi-Fi how to fly airplane. an airplane. <laughs> so I'm looking at it, it's like please be
2: 4.99 for Wi-Fi. Fuck that. Please be a how-to video. Please be a how-to video. Please be a how-to video. I've seen the movie Airplane <laughs> often enough fine. that I feel yeah. reasonably. Con- and yeah. I speak Jive. And you sweat like that guy. So- <laughs> There's an interesting part of this
3: article. Because uh it says David Mead tells the UK Daily Express newspaper that on April twenty third, the sun and the moon will be in Virgo. And if the sun and the moon are double penetrating you, let me tell you, <laughs> you
1: are not in
2: Virgo. You are I'm not in Virgo. Virgo anymore. You have stopped being in Virgo. Right. <laughs> and it doesn't count if it's the butt, it's still yeah. you're still it
3: does. Yeah. You can't go like, okay, no. there's one in the mouth, one in the ass. Okay, yeah.
2: I mean, technically. If you're going double yeah. double. Yeah. You're not a verdict, right? Like, come on, fourth base is not. And also, that's the next more base. Exactly, like, it, right. No. Uh, can I, can I read it, the home? passage? Are you stealing home at that point? I guess you. Are. Oh, not after. No, you got to wash up. You got wa- <laughs> to wash it. That's not. You don't go fourth yeah, base then no, home. Oh, no. Not twice. <laughs> That's a UTI. All right. So for a certain branch of evangelical Christians, according to this article, Revelation 12, 1 and 2, describes the beginning of what is known as the rapture and the second coming of Christ. I want to say for the record, I feel like I'm about to read it. This passage is crystal clear. Yeah. So I don't see how there could be any confusion or misinterpretation. I also just want to point out if there's a second coming of Christ, you're not a Virgo. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> and a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman... Clothed with the sun, with the moon under her Cl- feet. Closed or clothed? Closed, Closed, clothed. Clothed with the sun. With the sun. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, with the moon under her feet. All right. That makes sense. And on her head, oh, a crown of 12 stars. Her head had stars on it. Now that's that a That seems warm. That feels like a clause, but that's a sentence. 12 stars. It's not a complete sentence. Uh, she was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. Also, possibly the agony of being covered in the sun for clothes. Yeah, that would 12, be
3: twelve stars too. That would be a
2: little uncomfortable. Which would
3: be twelve suns on your head. We got thirteen right now. Yeah. We're, we're thirteen, 13 suns, suns nearby. It's yeah. We don't so, have thirteen suns anymore. <laughs> used to be like fucking Tatooine on this place. There's a sun rising every few minutes. It's fucking just crazy. All over. Super hot place.
2: yeah So uh, there is then a numerologist mm-hmm. um, who interprets that to me, and hey. It's all going down. Rapture. rapture, on the twenty third, very soon.
3: I want to point out that there's an author who disputes this. No. What? However, author Jonathan Safadi remains skeptical. I will point out that Jonathan Safadi wrote the book Refuting Evolution. <laughs> so him remaining skeptical. I don't know. Well, here, here's what he it's said. It's funny, though, if he's
2: skeptical of this. Well, here's what he said. As usual with any astrology or Christian adaptations of it. One cherry picks the stars that fit the desired conclusions. <laughs> cherry picking, huh? There's nothing to suggest that April 23rd is a momentous date for biblical prophecy. And Christians need to be careful about being drawn into such sensationalist claims. He says, we won't know the day or the hour. So we should be prepared at all times. But it's, it, it, it didn't happen, didn't camping talk about that? I, th- I
3: want to say it in October, but he no, moved his he around did it a bunch. twice though. I thought one yeah. of them was in April. It was in May. It wasn't in April. It was in May. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the first one was in May. And then you're right. I think the second one was in October. Yeah, October 21st. They're both till 21st. So this guy's going a little different. He's throwing a curveball, Tom. It's the 23rd. So, well, I mean, you don't want to
2: rush these things. It's the rapture. We'll be talking
3: about a little later, but, you know, maybe Twitter and Russia gets us at the 23rd. I don't know. Who uh, knows, right?
1: Unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. Possible. So that's good. Now, the concern, obviously is if this isn't bottled up in San Francisco, this kind of nonsense, then it's going to be spreading across the entire Fruited Plain, and you're going to be going to your Burger King in Des Moines, Iowa, and you're going to have a rainbow-colored wrapper for your Whopper.
2: All right, this is from Right Wing Watch. Harry Jackson says, Black Lives Matter can never achieve true justice because there's a few lesbians in leadership positions. Let's hear about these lesbian positions. Caliente.
1: We can't have... Social justice. We need biblical justice. Yes.
3: Uh, yeah. So we not, should we should stone all adulterers. No, I'm right there with them. Let's stone all the adulterers, Tom. Okay.
1: No. Let's, that's terrible. News. Let's that's stone all
3: adulterers. Let's let's kill pass? all the farmers that put two types of crop in the same
2: row. Now that I can get behind. That Anybody who wears behind. mixed fabrics, we got to kill them too. Yeah, yeah. Shellfish eaters. Isn't it funny? Because it's like, shouldn't if the Bible is like. Worth anything? Shouldn't biblical justice be synonymous with sure. social Wouldn't, justice? Yeah, absolutely. Like, would, why would there be a gap? Yeah. Like, why right. would there ever be a right? gap between yep. the things we know are good for people and the things that your book about how good people behave? Like, when there's a gap, like, something's missing there. Yeah. That's why social justice exists.
1: Right. It's because there's gap. a gap, right? right?
2: It's not a thigh gap. This is an
3: unexplained well, gap. he's going to be talking about a gap here in a minute. So, all right.
1: Now, you got to hear this final word. Okay. The superheroes, it's all about vigilantism.
3: Mm. Why why are we talking about superheroes?
2: Oh, because uh, this is how we conceive of the world when we're fucking children, Cecil. Yeah, when you have a child's view of good and evil Mm. and right and wrong, yeah. It's funny, because like, I know you and I have have, uh,
3: always been against vigilantism. It's funny that they're against vigilantism. I would, because your book doesn't feel like it is. You know what I mean? Like, the thing that you look to when it says... It doesn't say, call the police, have the person arrested, try them for their crimes, and then if they're guilty, then punish them. Instead, it says stone the adulterers. Right? There's very little fucking nuance in there about how that's supposed to be done, but it's in there, yeah. right? It's in there. There, there are anything that's the, an yeah. abomination to the Lord needs to be taken care of, and right. by taking care of, I mean like fucking old timey whack it like a fucking like it's a fucking forties <laughs> movie. You know what I mean? So I feel like I feel like.
2: They should be for vigilantism. Well, unless they're positing that these are a system. This is a series of rules which should be codified into a, a sort of Christian Sharia law. Right. I have a feeling what they're talking about is Mueller. No. What? Yeah. Ah, so. Right. What a leap. That is well. It's not a vigilante because he's working for the government. No, he is. Sense. No, he's going no, he's rogue. by
3: himself. He's just like it's just Mueller no. investigations. He puts Cecil. it on his car. He's got a little decal that he put on there. He and the lights you get from Home Depot. that's yellow <laughs> and it goes on your car.
2: Beagle. He just he just yells it out his window because he doesn't he have does, this. No, he doesn't Beagle, have a siren. Beagle. He doesn't have
3: a siren. He rents the Home Depot thing and he just goes backwards. So
1: it's like, beep beep beep. beep. <laughs> You think about it this way, Batman was a vigilante. Mm -hmm. They had to run when the police came, right? Mm -hmm. They're enforcing law according to their standards. Mm -hmm. Hold on to your seat. The KKK was a vigilante group. Mm -hmm. So it matters whose allegiance or whose definition of justice you're going to use Mm -hmm. to bring justice to the culture. Mm. Okay,
2: Batman or the KKK? That's, that is our, those are our options. Are, but is that just two ends of the spectrum? <laughs> <laughs> Both wear hoods. Uh, uh
3: yeah. yeah, they're pretty much the same They guy. tie people up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it matters that Black Lives Matter has at the head a few lesbians who are against the patriarchal society. You see, black people can say this. Right. Hmm. White folks, you have a hard time saying this about Black Lives Matter. Right. <laughs> No, See, I'm Black not. Lives Matter is true. The fact that there does need to be a value of human life, but by destroying biblical foundations, you can never arrive at God's justice. That's right. it. You gotta do That's it right. God's way. It's well, gotta have a dick,
2: Tom. That's why. Yep, he, that it, makes sense. His, okay, the thrust of his whole argument thrust. is like, <laughs> is that the lesbians want to destroy the patriarchy. And the patriarchy is pretty cool. Is totes biblical. The patriarchy rocks. That's (laughs) another shirt we were going to do. That's the shirt.
3: Patriarchy Patriarchy rocks. Patriarchy has been good to me. I don't know. We got to figure it out.
2: Patriarchy has been good to me. (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) God. That would be a great shirt.
3: (laughs) Who's going to wear it? Send us your patriarchy slogans, your pro patriarchy slogans. Send them to us, and maybe we'll make a shirt with one of them. Your pro-patriarchy slogans. And then tell us if you'd buy that shirt. Yeah, definitely say, like, I would buy this, especially, I would love to see a girl in a, like, patriarchy rock shirt. That would be hilarious. Uh,
2: If she had a YouTube channel, she'd make millions. Yeah. (laughs)
3: So we are joined by Karen Garst and Abby Hafer. Uh, they are both authors in the new book, Women v. Religion, The Case Against Faith and For Freedom. Ladies, thank you for joining us
5: tonight. Thanks for having us. Thank
3: you. So uh, we wanted to get started. One of the things that I've been sort of excited about about this interview is um, Tom and I very often um, uh, for secular reasons, we'll have conversations about abortion because uh, it comes up quite a bit. Uh, especially with tons of legislation that happens in the United States over this issue. Um, and we've never really had anybody on who's a, like a biologist and a feminist. And so, Abby, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, is there a moment that you think that life starts, that there is life at like life at what? Because the Republicans like to say life at conception, which Tom and I think is ridiculous.
5: What Life starts at what? Okay, there are actually a whole bunch of things that I want to say about that, not surprisingly. Um, But let's get down to the real basic that I think you will like, which is that God is the world's busiest abortionist. Let's just start with that. Yeah,
3: right, (laughs) right.
5: Because during human gestation— it is often the case that a fertilized embryo, a fertilized egg, does not implant on the uterine lining. That happened to about.
2: That, that's because it's not over easy to do, right? It's, it's not oh, really easy. On. Oh, oh, come it was, it was come right on. I was right there. It was right there. That's a soft boiled joke. I over. know.
5: About 25% of all fertilized eggs managed to not implant on the uterine lining. Um, so they simply. Wash out with menstrual fluid, Um, and then there is another small percentage that then do not manage to gestate fully for a whole bunch of other reasons. The upshot being that about thirty-one percent of all fertilized eggs never make it to birth. It what it what it actually shows is that the female reproductive system is actually really bad. I mean, it's, it's really not optimally designed. So anyway, the point is, so about 31% of all fertilized eggs do not make it to birth, which if you do the numbers, if you count up the number of people who are born and you do the numbers, therefore, about the ones who were not born, that means that God is by far the world's busiest abortionist.
2: He gets a sale on coat hangers, yeah. though, so again, like, I don't feel like his... He
5: gets them free at the dry cleaner.
3: That's what I mean, and know? I turn mine yeah. in for
2: recycling. Yeah, it's, absolutely.
5: I hadn't thought of that. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but if but if you just look at things that way, then, you know, you really need to get back to the God folks and simply ask, so, you know, what is this with creating you know, um, divinely creating all of these so-called human lives only to snuff them out a few days later before they have had any human experience at all and haven't even come anywhere near to having a nervous system or anything like that.
3: When do you think uh, it is unethical to have an abortion? At what stage of pregnancy is... It is or is it all the way through the entirety of pregnancy?
5: Okay, and for that one, the answer is, of course, that depends, Um, because I would say there's a certain point at which you can simply terminate a pregnancy because you want to. Um, you don't have to have a good reason or a bad reason, and you don't have to state your reason to anybody. Sure, sure. There's actually a story uh, this yet. week. It's There's so a funny, story yeah. this
3: week where they, they're requiring women in one one weird state that is going to require women to tell them why, like you need a permission it's slip. Or I know it's nuts. <laughs> they're going
6: to start collecting data. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Anyway, I
3: interrupted. You actually so, have to post so, it on
2: Facebook, and then Cambridge yeah. Analytica yeah. will drive it for you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
5: Then there are those. And this is one where, you know, this is worth having a good ethical question about, but not because it's a question of when does life begin, but essentially of who gets priority when. And if it is ever a matter between the woman and the zygote or embryo or whatever you want to call it, I'm going to vote for the woman every time. Um, If it's- Me too. And, and,
1: There's a hashtag and, and, in front of that. And this is something
5: where I know people who have made some member of their family who they trusted go to the hospital with them so that if in the hospital, if they were unconscious for any reason and the decision had to be made, somebody would be there to stick up for the woman and not have her die in favor of having the baby live. And here in Boston, there are Catholic hospitals that smart women just won't go to for that very reason.
2: Catholic hospitals are notorious for that. Right, right. Is when does life begin the wrong question? I was thinking about this today. I had a ridiculously long drive today. Is is when does life begin the wrong question? Is, is, Is perhaps a better question is when does a meaningful life begin? A better question. I I
5: think that that is a far more interesting question, and you can just kind of start whenever anybody says something like that. You can first of all, you know, quote my thing about life beginning, uh, you know, a billion or so years ago with self-replicating molecules. But the other thing to say is that zygotes are not human, and I feel perfectly comfortable in saying that they may have human genes, but frankly, so do all your skin cells. Um, So. It is a far more interesting question to ask. When is there a meaningful life that may manage to develop? So,
2: I mean, you are talking like 13, 14 years old at this point, right? You know, because I I don't know about that. I'm not... Voting age, maybe, yeah, right. No, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'd say the
6: twenties. Come
5: on. I, mean, I met
2: some thirty year olds where I'm like, I don't think you've yeah, given it a yeah, world yet. It's a just, meaningful life yet. We'll just yeah. go ahead and-
5: Yeah, that's true. Well, and and there are those who will simply say that, you know, life begins when there's a or that meaningful life begins when there's an air gap between the mother and, and the baby. So um, you know, as I said, there's there's plenty of room for interesting discussion around that but it is a very different discussion from zygotes are complete human beings and you don't dare do anything to them.
6: Well, and I think the historical issue is really relevant here because in the 19th century, they allowed abortion up until quickening. And quickening is an antiquated term that means when you can feel the fetus inside you, like it's kicking the out of Or when you cut the you.
3: Highlander's head off. That's another That's time the other, that the quickening yeah, happened. Right. It's, it's, it's one or the other.
6: A lot of the prohibition on abortion that started in the 19th century was political. Gee, big surprise. Yeah, right? Because
2: <laughs> Hold on, another <laughs> political prohibition. Let me write that down. Right. Uh, well,
6: <laughs> Dr. Horatio Storr He was head of the American Medical Association. You have to understand that prior to this time, there were a lot of midwives. There were a lot of abortionists who advertised, et cetera, et cetera. And they wanted to control medicine. So here's a way to control medicine. We'll make abortion illegal. So we'll get rid of all of those women who do that. And uh, we'll assume the high road. And that really continued. And What's interesting is when, you know, when you get in a time like the Depression in the 30s in the United States, they were much more lenient. Um, 16% of the medical students at that time said, yeah, I would perform an abortion. Um, And then you get to the 50s where after World War II and you want people to come back and start repopulating because you got all these people killed in the war, et cetera, then it got more conservative. Well, and and after the Second World War, they
5: were also heavily trying to promote uh, the cozy nuclear family.
6: Well, exactly. And, you know, I'm sorry, you had that Rosie the Riveter, you had that great job doing, you know, welding and stuff like that, but you're toast. Let's give it to a man. And what really happened in the 70s is the moral majority movement led by Jerry Falwell, he brought together all of this stuff for this kind of pro family agenda. And there was one quote I found that said, Before that time, Jerry Falwell wouldn't have been able to spell abortion. <laughs> so, what they found was they could get the Catholics who were Democrats and divide them. Um, and there was this local race, and they had the Catholics hand out um, flyers about, oh, this Democrat running is anti abortion. And he was kind of a shoe in and he lost. So they went, aha, this is a strategy to break up Democrats. So it's always been political, period.
3: So let's talk about the book. You've you've written, uh, you've collected a bunch of stories again, Karen, for a second time. Um, What made you write the second one?
6: I'm having trouble retiring. (laughs) (laughs) I retired in 2008. And I spent five years tracing my genealogy back to a couple, a Reverend Ralph and Rebecca Wheelock, (laughs) who came to the Massachusetts Bay Colony, yep, yep, back to the pastor. And then when I was done, I was having lunch with a friend of mine who, who was a writer, and she said, you should write a book. And it happened to be right after the Supreme Court, I mean, literally the day after the Supreme Court issued its decision in Burwell v. Hobby Lobby. Where oh, God, a yeah. court decision. Oh. They said, oh, well, we decided previously that a corporation is a person and so the corporation can contribute to political campaigns. And then, oh, I guess if a corporation is a person and Hobby Lobby has religious views because it's a person, it doesn't have to provide certain forms of birth control to its female employees. Oh, yeah, that's a given five to four. And she said, you need to write a book, Karen. And I said, the only thing I can get pissed about is religion. So the first book
1: was...
2: Uh, I love it I love it the idea of writing a book was predicated on being pissed yeah. about
1: something. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I genuinely I, yes. like
2: that. It's like I'm going to write a book but I'm not mad enough about
1: <laughs> other things.
6: <laughs> well, it's it's, I've never written a book, you know, I have my dissertation but oh god, it's sitting on the shelf getting dust. And um so that book was 22 personal stories people who grew up in Zimbabwe, Peru. I reached out on social media and it's really good. I think for people to read to say she can do it, I can do it. And that uh, is Women Beyond Belief, Discovering Life Without Religion. And thank you so much for having me on the show earlier to talk about that. And then I went to a lot of events and met all these great women like Abby Hafer. Hi there. (laughs) You know, who were very active in the movement, had already written books. And you have to read Abby's book, The Not-So-Intelligent Designer. It is so funny. If you've ever liked science and evolution, this is the book to read. And I can assure you, God is not an intelligent designer because it hurts like hell to have a kid. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> if I would have had two kids, I would have got that epidural in my house before I left. <laughs> so I contacted these people and, and I asked them to write about their area of expertise. And we ended up with a volume of 13 essays, Women v. Religion. It covers everything. Um, there's uh, Candace Gorham, who's a mental health counselor, talks about shame and guilt. And then, um, Alexis record, um, talks about this. Oh my God. It's this childhood, uh, education called accelerated Christian education. And it's amazing. She went through eight, 12 years of that and nobody would accept it as a diploma. Like this is ridiculous. Um, and we have a number of other essays. I have two women who are African Americans. I have two women who is, are Hispanic. There's a transgender woman There's a woman who's an atheist minister, um, really a wide variety. If a woman can read this book cover to cover and not read religion, don't talk to her anymore. Just give up.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned that you went to some events and uh, one event that you went to last year was MythCon, which is near us. MythCon is near us. It's uh, it's in Milwaukee, which is just north of us. We didn't go. Well, we kind of didn't oh, go. Yeah. Tom kind of went to the after party and then got thrown out. But um, but y- y- you are going again this year, and there was a lot of pushback against MythCon yeah. this year. Pushback
2: yeah. on your own blog about you know when I was reading through your your blog about MythCon, oh, yeah. Um, you seemed reticent, you know, to, to perhaps go again. And you're a speaker this time or we're going to be on stage.
6: Well, okay. Here's what happened. So you have to understand I was in grad school in the seventies in Madison and I have a really good friend who lives in Oshkosh. So the first conference I went to a year ago, they said, uh, we'll give you a free ticket and a guest and you come on over and advertise it. Well, that's okay with me. Sure. Sure. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm going to Wisconsin. So uh, my friend Gene came with me and then I heard all the people who were coming and the people who pulled out. And I thought, well, this is going to be a shit
2: show. (laughs) Yeah, it was.
6: (laughs) But I thought, I'm going to see my friend Gene. I'm not going to bail out. Nope. So I went and there were some really good presentations. There was um, that movie Batman and Jesus, which was cool. There was Melissa Chan who talked about the Enlightenment and how we're going backwards. Uh, there was the person who, who uh, founded the church of Scientology and he left and his son is still there.
2: Yeah. Ron Miskovich.
6: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, he's an interesting guy. He said yeah. that so well, I couldn't have said that. And then there was Sargon of Akkad and he was kind of a substitute because Thomas Smith was supposed to, um, and I could say he's a social justice warrior who would not be offended. And he was supposed to interview David Rubin and David didn't, Uh, David
2: bailed on it. Yeah. Yeah.
6: So then they put in Sargon of Akkad. So the topic of this, this, uh, discussion, and there wasn't a moderator. Okay. Which, you know, it's going to be a shit show. Oh yeah, And they were talking about feminism and totally lost it. So I was, you know, I kind of eased my way up there and I asked the first question. I said, okay, I'm the faithless feminist. My goal is for women to leave religion because it's the last Cultural barrier to gender equality, and uh, you're not going to get there with two men talking about feminism. Right? <laughs> Yay! There were three claps. My friend clapped. Anyway, and so this year, um and, and I Sargon been, made
2: fun of the question. Sargon, if if and, and oh, of course he did. Sargon of course mocked he did. your question. Yeah, openly well, mocked it. Yeah,
6: yeah, and I couldn't engage in a conversation because it was supposed to be Q and A. Anyway, right. So um, I had been on their podcast. I had done a Skype presentation to their membership. I had met them at Reason Rally and Sean Frasier said his mother liked my book. So, hey, I adopted him, right? (laughs) So (laughs) they they called me and they did kind of gang up on me. They had two people call me and ask if I wanted to enter a debate about gender equality. And I went, shit, yes, I do. And then I found I knew I kind of knew who was going to be against. Um, And so I did find out it was Karen Strawn, who's a woman who's a men's rights activist. She has like 200,000 followers on her YouTube channel, yada, yada, yada. And some people on my subscribers to Faithless Feminists, my blog said, oh, you shouldn't go. That's terrible, blah, blah, blah. And I said, look, if that audience is like it was last year, which were a lot of white young men. They're the people I need to talk to. They're the people we need to have a conversation with about why is there gender equality and what's the basis for it? Why does it exist? And what can we do? So uh, I did get some pushback, but I'm very pleased to go because I think you have to talk in a place where people disagree with you. And I've really had a great time. I, you know, I always call myself a feminist. I was active in the 60s and 70s. But I've just been reading and updating myself and watching the news, so it's been a real learning experience for me, and I'm excited about it. And my friend Jean's coming again.
2: Well, that's awesome. I can. Can I ask a question? And I and I mean it genuinely, so I don't want it to come off as snarky. But and and I hope that okay, it doesn't. I,
6: I will interpret anything you say now as genuine. Okay. So my genuine hats are... Right. Okay, go ahead.
2: Do you think those those people in that audience can really be reached? Like you know, I'm thinking of like the the audience and the way that they reacted to some of the things that were said in last year's event. And I, I understand the, um, the impulse and the desire to go out and say, Hey, you know, this is the audience we should be reaching with this message, but you know, are, is it, is it possible to reach those folks or, or, you know what I'm saying?
6: Yeah, I think, and I have been listening to a lot of her videos and there are clearly issues where men are at a disadvantage. If you want to get child custody, guess what? The whole system that we have identifies with gender stereotypes. We've had those gender stereotypes in our culture for thousands of years, thousands of years. And the religion is one of those institutions that supports our society. And it's it's a huge, huge impact. I do not believe we'll get gender equality until religion's gone. You can't have a book that you believe in that says Eve have committed original sin and think that you're going to get gender equality. So we have a stereotype. So men are known as aggressive, blah, 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 blah. Well, is a justice system that's part of that society going to say, oh, let's give the children to men. They're aggressive. No, they're going to say we have this women and they're so nurturing. And they're so empathetic, every woman. So every time we're going to really default in favor of the woman. So I think she doesn't unpack the why. I think she goes through, you know, why do men get longer prison sentence? Um, Those kind of things. And she totally dismisses pay equity. It's women's choice, blah, blah, blah. But if you unpack it and look behind it, why? Why? This is a legacy of patriarchy. And you can't just dismiss it, and you can't blame it on feminists. That's not going to work. So, yeah, I'm I'm totally psyched about
2: doing it. Good. Well, you know, I'd I'd be interested to see if the audience, um, how your message, you know, how how you message this information, and and how well the audience is sort of primed to receive or not receive it. I, I am. I'll I'll admit, I'm I'm a little skeptical based on last year's audience that the audience themselves would be sort of primed against you. I hope that that's not the case. I think it's brave that you're going. Um, I think, you know, I, one thing I will say too, is like, I kind of hate that idea that you, that, that we shouldn't, that, that a conversation is going to happen and that the response to shitheads being a part of the conversation is for all people that aren't shitheads to disengage that conversation. I kind of hate that idea. Um, I think because yeah. then what happens is there's just a shithead convention <laughs> yeah and all i guess it's not like they don't hold the convention well, exactly. You know?
6: and, and they want yeah. they want controversy right.
2: yeah
4: i Cells. totally
6: understand that because it brings more people in and they did a lot of stuff about the historical jesus oh, and they yeah. had Bart yeah. no, no, no. and all of that stuff and once you run through that a few times you go we got to move to something else we have to have something more controversial to attract something
3: interesting who gives a shit right
6: so i i think there's a discussion to be had i think she's done her research i think she raises some very good issues but men's rights activist is not the way forward okay they're gonna have a grandmother speaking to this crowd and i used to post my blog on my each week on a lot of atheist groups and i got, I got this pushback because it's always about women, right? Wait, the Faithless Feminist Blog is always about, (laughs) my God. I I used to post it on 30 or 40 Facebook groups. Let me tell you how boring that was. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) and I would get, I felt responsible to respond. So I'd respond to all these 40 that pop up, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, and I got a lot of pushback from men. And my first response was, if they were really bad, I would say, what would your mother think of what you just read?
3: <laughs> <laughs> now, last year, they had to send people around. They had to send like ushers around in the audience to quiet people down. Um, yeah. So they may be trying to shout you down while you're speaking too. So that might also oh, happen. Love so. it. you
6: okay. know, it's, like, it's like, I'm 67. What can you do to hurt me? Right? <laughs> I got my pension. I got social security. I'm not doing this for money. So uh, Abby, uh, let's talk a little bit about your article.
3: Um, the uh, the article that's in the book. Um, you spent a lot of time in that article uh, talking about intelligent design uh, you clearly, you think that intelligent design is not a thing that
5: happened. Oh, it's definitely not a thing that happened. Yeah. I mean, what I do is in, in my chapter, I talk about biology and then I talk about, uh, Abrahamic religions and all the ways in which they just get biology utterly wrong. And one of those ways is, uh, the idea of intelligent design—that God, you know, sat down with a whiteboard and a bunch of specs and tried to figure out how to make people—the idea that you know God is this engineer slash designer who just made humans as well as as absolutely divinely possible, because after all, we were made in His image and all this kind of thing—it's just not true. I teach human anatomy and physiology for a living, and. That's a really good way to wind up becoming intimately acquainted with many of the problems of the human body because my students would raise their hands and ask questions like, why is it that way?
2: My shitty body is the way I become intimately acquainted with the shitty body. Like, I'm just like, this thing shouldn't do this. Why does it do this? Why does everything hurt?
5: (laughs) That's why this is the perfect argument against intelligent design, because people actually care about their bodies. It's like you can talk about the fossil record and even people who love fossils can really only pay attention for about 10 minutes. (laughs) <laughs> but, you, <laughs> right. but you start talking about men's testicles and suddenly everybody's paying attention.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, it would be nice if people did pay a little attention, but I'm just saying overlooked. Overlooked. <laughs> you know, you tweet a few pictures and all yes. of a sudden you're like whatever. Unsolicited testicle pick. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work again. What the uh that's huh. hilarious.
5: anyway, so yeah, intelligent design in the human body. Um now I don't actually go into testicles in this book because this is about women um i talk about testicles in my other book but in this one i talk about the bad design of the human female reproductive system which karen alluded to which basically comes down to this that
6: birth canal is way too small (laughs) 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 got that right it's like, can't we just pop this baby out now? Oh, no, we have to wait 12 hours. Oh, not only
5: that, you have to, I mean, you have to wait nine months. What I posit, for instance, oh, is yeah. that, um, you know, if we had been designed by a good engineer, there are a bunch of things that could have been done differently. First of all, we could have had a reproductive system like kangaroos, where the baby pops out when it's a little yeah. embryo, and then you stick it in a pouch on the outside of the body. Like a now, little I mean, fleshy sidecar be for that
3: thing to pop yeah. out around in right great yeah.
5: idea i would have loved that a little
3: joey in a bag you could carry it around with right you. get a designer bag you know <laughs> an intelligent
5: designer bag <laughs> michael kors is jesus I would, I
6: would never have had to have that tongue <laughs> <day. Exactly. Yeah. laughs>
5: No, I mean you know the, pouch, your, but, you your, know whatever your marsupial pouch might have gotten a little baggy after a while, but you know you could get yeah that. well you know. But anyway, it would just be so much better all the way around. I mean, those pouches come complete with a nipple for nursing. I mean, they're terrific. But did we get that? No, no.
3: <laughs> we didn't get wings either, so I just want well, to point right. that out. So,
5: oh, uh, wings would have been cool, right? Exactly. Like
3: there's so many modifications to the human body that would have been amazing. I feel.
2: Like, like an eight-year-old with a crayon could draw like a way better human. It would have like horns and yeah. wings and shit, maybe like <laughs> scales and stuff.
5: And, and wait, wait, and, and I want to tell you one other thing about that. Okay, so it's like it would be nice to have wings, or you know, another way around the, the birthing problem would be if we were made like centaurs, where we had four legs on the ground and two hands oh, and a head, yeah. because oh, yeah. then you could have wider hips and it would not be such a big problem so many more limbs for me to be clumsy reason- <laughs> with. Jesus. And you're like a
3: centaur in a china
2: shop.
4: I, that's
6: what I'm saying. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I had my nails done today. Now I would, as a centaur, I had my nails and, and four hoofs. hoofs done. Yeah. Wow. And
5: you could have your hoofs yeah. done. Yeah, exactly. if, if you wanted to have feet and hands and wings, it would mean having extra appendages. Guess what? You don't get to have that. Mm. And the reason is because we have the tetrapod body map that we have been stuck with since fish first walked out of the ocean.
2: We have fish to blame. Those
5: four limbs is you know, what we're tonight, stuck Tonight, so Cecil, we're with.
2: having sushi. We're
3: going to have fish tonight. That's it. Fuck you know them. what? Yeah, Fuck that, those okay. guys.
5: Fuck those <laughs> Okay, fish. but she's going to
6: talk, and I, I'm going to learn about this new word now. It's eukaryotic. Uh, okay. Is that right? Okay. You, you got to tell this, because this is the best good. story ever. Guys. Listen up to what it could have been, what it could have been for you.
5: Okay, yes. Well, in in the book, I talk about all kinds of different uh, gender roles and transsexual fish and all kinds of other things that happen in nature. The short version is there's this whole sort of theological idea, this whole branch of theology called natural theology, which basically says, behold, nature. We are going to make up a bunch of stuff about it and then claim that this proves that we're right about religion. That's roughly what it does. So they talk about nature as if they knew something about it, which they don't. I'm the biologist, I can tell you about nature. And so one of the things that I talk about in the book is, as I said, all of these different sexes and gender roles and things that you see in nature, including male emus who are the ones that take care of the eggs and take care of the chicks and this kind of thing. And I talk about fish that transition from being male to being female or from female to being male or sometimes back and forth, depending upon circumstances. Um, but what Karen is getting at is that I also talk about the organism with the most creative sex life that I know about. And its name is Tetrahymena thermophila. And it is a single-celled <sighs> organism that has seven sexes.
2: That's a lot Woo! to keep up with. I'm yeah. just I find that intimidating. Can it me to itself? <laughs> <laughs>
6: No, no, wait until she talks about
5: choice. Think about the options you would have this way. I mean, as it is. I'm scared of the options I have the way I have
1: it now. (laughs) (laughs) I have choice anxiety every time. (laughs) Paralyzing
3: fear. (laughs) What
5: do I do with all that? (laughs) Yeah, but the point is that, you know, if if, if you go into a bar right now, there's only a 50% chance, assuming that there are men and women in the bar in equal proportions, there's only a 50% chance that somebody you meet is actually the sex you're interested in. I'm assuming that you're a straight male here. But anyway, so there you are. Only 50% of the people there are likely to be people that you're Going to have any possibility with.
2: Oh, that's a higher percentage <laughs> than I'd give myself, but all right.
5: Yeah, some of you may be a little lower than 50%. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, keep going. Yeah, I mean, as,
5: as sort of an outside <laughs> number. But the point is that if there were seven sexes and you could have sex with any of the six that were not your sex that would mean that 85% of all the people out there would be potential partners. So, I mean, it definitely- That's a higher rate of rejection
2: than I'm comfortable yeah, exactly. dealing with. <laughs> you know, like- <laughs>
3: It
5: sounds it sounds,
4: sounds very very
5: interesting and fascinating.
3: We were, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, tell uh, tell the audience about your other book. Uh, what's the name of your other book, Abby?
5: Okay, my other book is called "The Not So Intelligent Designer: Why Evolution Explains the Human Body and Intelligent Design Does Not."
3: We will include a link on this week's show notes to that book as well as your book, Karen. Uh, Karen and Abby, thanks so much for joining yeah, us. This is a lot of fun. And good luck at Mythicist Milwaukee.
2: Absolutely. I would go, but they'll probably not
3: They'll let throw me you out. They'll throw you out again.
6: <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go.
2: You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want
6: answers. I want the truth.
2: You can't handle the truth. This is from Huffington Post. Arizona House passes bill requiring women seeking abortions to say why. I'll, I'm only going
3: to give you an abortion if you tell me the secret password. Yeah.
2: And they're like, uh,
3: independence. No, no, that's wrong. No, that's wrong. Um, uh, uh, career. No, that's wrong. That's wrong. Um,
2: cause babies are fucking annoying. Yeah. <laughs> how about, how about like, cause I don't want this kid. How about vacations? Right. Because, <laughs> because 11am yeah. on a Saturday sounds like a really nice time to still have my eyes shut. Yeah. sometimes. <laughs> Cause I don't want my house to smell like peanut butter. Yeah. Right. All the time. Cause I never want to own a hamster. Yeah. Like, you know, there's like a, like, wouldn't be great to just write down like all the fucking yeah. trifling all inconveniences reasons, of yeah. fucking o- having a child. Yeah, absolutely.
3: The I leg- get a, another income in my family that I don't have to spend on a child's education.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. The legislation passed on Monday would force women to answer questions, including whether the abortion is elective or is elective for economic reasons. If the pregnancy was from a rape or what incest, the, fuck? the government is making these women answers. If the woman does not want children at this time, every time there's an abortion, she doesn't want this child at the very what? least. You at know, this like, time.
3: I mean, it seems like it seems like that's a really self-evident answer. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like that box should come pre-checked.
2: <laughs> at what point? Who is... How is that ever not the answer? That's like a a checkbox. Is like, are you filling out this test? Right. Check yes or no. I would really like this child one abortion, please. (laughs) What? Please don't send me an email about how many women have to have abortions for medical reasons. We're making jokes. Uh, If the abortion is due to fetal or maternal health, and if the patient is having relationship issues, such as domestic abuse or an extramarital affair. What the fuck is happening, Arizona? The bill passed 35 to 22. Jesus it's Christ. been approved by the Senate. It now has to go to the House for oh, amendments. God. This is like the, and a, a state representative said this is about getting information. No, this is about intimidating
3: women. Yeah, that's all it is. This you're, is you're, a, you know, I remember when I was going to get a vasectomy and a lot of people had said to me, you might get some pushback there might be some pushback from the doctor about you getting a vasectomy. Now, there wasn't when I went to go get a vasectomy. I was old enough at that time where I think the doctor, but I've read stories of people on the internet that get asked questions or pushed back, and doctors have a lot of sway over another person. So if they push you back, I actually, I know a guy who's in his early 60s now, Mm -hmm. that went back in his 30s to get his vasectomy, but he wanted to get a vasectomy when he was 21. He went in to go see a doctor, and the doctor convinced him not to. Because a doctor has a lot of sway over whether or not you're going to do something, right? And so even just as something as slight as asking questions about it might get you to feel self-conscious enough not to do it. It's another barrier in the way for women who have to bear all the fucking... Every single weight of pregnancy. Yeah, all, the all the risk. All the risk. All the weight. Yep. All the, all, everything. I, mean, I understand that men who are involved in the pregnancies afterwards have to bear that 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 weight too.
2: But all the stuff leading up to the, the baby getting ejected from the body, that's all the lady, man. Right. That's all on her. This is the, this is, it's so funny because it's like, you want to talk about big government? Yeah. Like having to answer yeah. intrusive fucking Weird. Questions. Fucking! Uh, did, what is this? The are you having like relationship issues? How do, you feel, issues? Oh, How do you, you feel about it? Do you fuck feel okay you.
3: about getting rid of this pregnancy? Do you
2: realize that maybe it might have been a normal kid? Who fucking cares? Why? Like, like there's some shit. It's so funny. It's like it's like you know, a couple of fucking hillbillies get in trouble for like raising cattle on government land, and these fucking dipshits will flood to them, you know, and be yeah. like, "We don't need the government all up in our business." And it's like, well, I want to know. I am the government. I want to know what's going on in your fucking interpersonal relationships. I want to know yeah. what the result of your sex life, yeah. however that plays yeah. out. I want to be a part of that. Tell me some things. Did you, fuck you and, with all that and shit. Also, fuck you with all that shit. And also, just like, you know, we talked about the poverty line. You know, these the, a
3: lot of people that have abortions, they can't afford to have the child anyway. And they, can't, they probably can't afford to even have the contraception to prevent the child from even coming on in the first
2: place. Look, we don't ask anybody to justify anything else that's legal. Yeah. Right? Anything else that's legal. Like, if I want to go buy milk, yeah, I don't have to fill out a fucking questionnaire about, like, well, I'm thirsty and I'd like the vitamin D. Yeah. I don't have to fucking do that yeah. shit. If it, it's either fucking legal or it's not legal. If it's legal, then shut your fucking mouth yeah. and give me my fucking yeah. abortion or whatever yeah. it is.
3: These women are going to have a, have a child and they, they might have to be on assistance. But you hate the people that are on assistance. Right. Right? You don't like those people. You try to take that assistance away from those people you're trying to you know make them fucking eat the fucking uh blue apron of uh fucking uh the poverty poverty, apron, yeah. poverty health, ca- health uh poverty food production or whatever Where we're gonna send them fucking canned goods and fucking like irradiated bread or whatever <laughs> but you know like the fucking thing is is like we don't want to take care of those people anyway we don't like those people we don't want those people to, i mean i'm not saying we but i'm saying like the government A lot of these people in power, they don't want to take care of those people. They want to constantly cut that budget, constantly um, raise that threshold for people to actually get that welfare. Well, having a child is huge economic stress, man. It's enormous economic stress on people that can't, That might not be able to handle it, but you're going to force them to have that child because you're going to force them away from abortions. But then you're also going to force them deeper and deeper into poverty. You're creating a cycle of poverty that some people can never get out of because you're regulating when they can reproduce. And then you're stopping any kind of assistance they could possibly get. It's like this awful, shitty cycle.
2: Well, I mean, to further exacerbate the problem... When when the representatives were debating the issue, Democrat uh, Daniel Hernandez suggested the questionnaire. Because one guy's like, oh, this bill is about getting information. He said, well, let's ask some questions about whether women had access to affordable health care and access to a comprehensive sex education program. And this fucking dude, this fucking Senator Farnsworth, Republican shocking, said... Sex education is not a healthcare issue. Having access to contraception, he says, is not a healthcare. issue. tells you exactly issue. what they
3: care about. Yep.
2: How is this not a healthcare issue? This is a guy who doesn't know how biology works. If I have to go to a fucking doctor to get contraception, it is literally impossible that that is not a healthcare issue. How the fuck? Yeah. Is that not a healthcare issue? Then you know what? Make all that fucking prescription. Fucking uh, contraceptive uh, medications make them make them available. They're not. It's not a healthcare issue. I should be able to buy it without a prescription. Yeah. Right. Oh no, I got to go talk to my doctor for everything but a fucking rubber. Yeah. Oh. All right. Yeah. Turns out that is a fucking healthcare it is a, issue. Absolutely. And you're sex absolutely education right. is a healthcare issue. Absolutely right. Either that or sex and health aren't linked in any yeah. way.
3: Well, and 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 the 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 fact that you're right. We you know we. I remember when Sarah and I were were in college and we were first starting out, and we didn't have a lot of money, she would go to Planned Parenthood to get her pills. Mm -hmm. She had to have a a screening all the time, and she had to buy them from them. Like, that's like a prescription. Like, you can't just walk into the store and buy birth control pills. It's not on the shelf at Walmart. You can't just walk in and buy it. And it's also prohibitively expensive. If you're not on insurance, like it's not an, it's not a cheap thing. It is. If you go to Planned Parenthood, cause they're subsidized, but the rest of the world, like it's, it's not fucking cheap to get on a birth control pill. Like you said, like condoms are kind of it, man, like condoms and like spermicide inserts. Like I right. can't really think of anything else. that's like super effective. That is like worthwhile. It's a, it's, it's just shitty. It's just a shitty, shitty way to make sure that they can control how women's fucking reproduction works, and it's and it's just shitty, and and fucking Arizona should be ashamed about this. So we want to thank our patrons. Of course, we want to thank all our patrons. We want to thank our newest patrons: Tor Ann, Tor Arn, Tor Tor Arn, Toranus, Toranus. Sorry, N- Newman, Newman, <laughs> Shannon, Victoria V, Patrick V. Heather squaring the strange podcast. Oliver, Jason, Eric, Nate, Heather, calf pivotal solutions, consulting.com. Love them. I feel like, I feel like I just did an ad for you. You need to pay me more money. Consulting.com. I'll keep saying that for more money. And Paul, thanks so much for your generous donations. We really do truly appreciate all you patrons. You patrons make Glory Hole Studios possible. You make it possible for us to uh, produce as many shows as we do and also uh, make sure that we can bring you quality guests. So thank you so much. So, Tom, uh, we got an interesting message from
2: Aaron about last week's show on the Coach. I love this. He says, my grandpa once said to me, quote, you know, sometimes having a good shit is better than sex. I, quote. I told him, quote, grandpa, you're having the wrong kind of sex. <laughs> or the right, right kind. I don't Having a good shit is better. <laughs> <laughs> better? All
3: right, we normally play play messages at the beginning of the show, but we saw this message, and uh, and we want to play it here now instead. Hey, it's Cecil and Tom. Uh, Isaac Colin here up from Ontario, Canada. Uh, just on my lunch break, listening to you guys like I do every day, and just wanted to call in and say
5: thanks for the great work. Uh, it's amazing
3: what you guys do. I'm uh, Canadian, so we're either rednecks or snowflakes up here, and it's nice to have, uh, you know, kind of a middle ground on that option. Um, I wanted to correct one thing because I hear this brought up on your show a lot, and it's a really common uh, common misconception that uh, when the Second Amendment was written, they only had muskets and and you know things like that. Um, there were fully automatic guns. There were you know there were the the flintlock rifles that could shoot 20 rounds in five seconds. So it's 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 not a new issue. Um but people keep bringing it up. So I just wanted to correct that and uh, and correct and congratulate you guys. Keep up the great work, motherfuckers. Well, I want to thank you for calling in. Thank you so much for calling in and thanks for thanks for listening. We thank everybody who listens. Um I do want to say like the one thing that people send is the puckle gun, I think it's called. And Tom and I watched that being fired and it's not very fast. Um and it's also prohibitively large. Like the puckle gun was a gun that was a match lock and you had to turn a crank each time and then load priming powder and then touch the match to it. And then it would shoot. Um, we actually didn't come up with, uh, with cartridge ammunition until I want to say it was like the civil war was when we first started coming up with actual cartridges that went in. And that was like very rare. I think in the civil war where they had a, a gun that would have a, you know, a primer that's built in. Most of that stuff was all, you know, they, they came up with Flint locks later on, but it was match locks early on, which were just little wicks that they used to dive into stuff.
2: Yeah. And it, it it's not true. It's not true that a Flint lock rifle shoots 20 rounds in five seconds. That's, that's just not, I true. don't
3: know of any, I, I, and I, here's I'm the looking thing. at it right now. And I'll here's look- the thing, like, I'm happy to be, to be corrected on this, but I just need need you to send me a source. So so if you're listening and you know of a source, send it to dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. I'm happy to look at anything. Yeah. The one thing that I've seen that does this is the puckle gun. Like I said, it's prohibitively large. It required a couple guys to use it. And as I saw it being operated, it was a it was a prime powder with a match, and that did not go fast. Now, it was faster than loading an entire new round with, you know, pulling off the fucking paper and stuffing it in there and all that stuff. Right. It was clearly, it, down. it was clearly faster than that, but it was not, it was not fucking as fast as say an AR-15 could shoot. Last week when we talked about um, uh, Yakov the ant, um, Matt sends in, you guys really missed the racist bit. He declared the ant Jewish before killing it. <laughs> we didn't gas it. I, oh yeah. I mean, he he definitely... And the, the, he brought it back to life. I mean, let's be real honest. He did kill that ant. The other one shot into space. We're not sure about the one that was over there. I know. I love it. We're him. not sure about the <laughs> other one that flew <laughs> off into the distance. But it's light. Ants don't really hurt themselves when they fall. So I, I, I'm I, confident that other ant is okay.
2: He really like pulled a full Pontius Pilate, like really killed a Jew that came killed back the, to life. It's like the whole thing. <laughs> it's
3: crazy. We got a long message from Nicholas. Nicholas uh is uh from Australia and he sent us a very long message. We're sorry we didn't run into you into in Skepticon either. Uh he talks a lot about uh Johan Hari in this message. We want to thank you for for listening and thank you for being a patron. Um, I'm sorry we got it we we missed you. Maybe when if we ever travel back again, we'll get a chance to meet you, Nicholas. Absolutely. Want to thank Abby Hafer and Karen Garst. Uh Abby uh, is an author in Karen's book. Karen is the uh, editor and uh, writer and collector of all the essays for Women v. Religion, The Case Against Faith and for Freedom. Abby Hafer uh, was uh, one of the essayists, and she also joined us. She wrote a book called The Not-So-Intelligent Designer, Why Evolution Explains the Human Body and Intelligent Design Does Not. We want to thank them for coming on our show. They were a lot of fun to talk to, Uh, and we'll put links in the show notes to all of their work. But that's going to wrap it up for today. We're going to leave you, like we always do, with the Skeptic's
4: Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno-Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo-quasi-alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain deadpan, sales pitch, late-night info